We welcome you to the Tabernacle Podcast, brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website, tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. Let's take our Bibles this evening and uh, turn with me, if you would, to the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter number 6. Galatians chapter number 6. And uh, we're going to read one verse tonight, Galatians chapter number 6. And uh, we'll come to verse number 2 of Galatians chapter 6. I'm thankful that we can, as a church, come together and pray one for another. And uh, as we read in Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 2, the Word of God says that we are, in this fifth chapter, we are to walk in the Spirit, and we are to walk in love. And as Paul speaks to them concerning this love. He speaks to them in verse number one of the restoration of a brother who has fallen. And in that context, he gives verse number two, uh, this statement, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Uh, God has commanded that we as believers bear one another's burdens. God has set us uh, as individuals into his family. He has placed us in his family. Uh, All of us were born in sin. We were strangers and aliens uh, from God and the commonwealth of Israel. Uh, We had no home. We were pilgrims, strangers, aliens. We had no resting place. We had no family. We were all alone in our sin, separated from God, cursed. And the Bible says that God sets or he setteth the solitary in families. God came to us. He loved us when we were unlovely. And he has placed us in the family of God. This local New Testament church is the family of God. We are a part of that family. I'm grateful for the family of God, aren't you? I'm glad that we don't have to go alone. I'm glad that God established and ordained the church and he has placed us in it. And as he said, as Peter wrote, we are, we are a nation a a nation of peculiar people. It's not that we're all peculiar in personality, although a few of us are, right? Or peculiar in our in our physical appearance. He does it that's not what he's speaking about. What he's speaking about is that we are of particular interest to him. We are his peculiar treasure. And he has set his affection on us. He loves us. He has taken us, those of us who were strangers and aliens, and he has made us a part of his household, 
we are a part of his nation. We are fellow citizens, as Paul wrote in Ephesians, uh, with, the, with the family of God. So we are a part of the family. I, I really have sometimes, I, I wonder to myself, how do people make it who aren't part of the family? And you know, oftentimes people will attend church, they'll go to a church service uh, and really not be fully engaged with the family. They, they might show up to some family functions, but they're not really active participants in the family. I want you to know that God has given us access into his household. We who know Christ have the rights and privileges of sonship, meaning that we are at home and can be at home in his house. And in his house, we have many brothers and sisters. We have a family. And God has said to us in his word that in the context of this family, that we are to bear one another's burdens. If we're going to bear one another's burdens, then we have to dwell together. We have to know one another. We have to love one another. We we have to engage in service to our Lord together. And as we do that, then we can become familiar with the burdens that we have. Those who are close to me begin to understand the burdens that I am dealing with. As I get close to you and spend time with you, as I hear you talk, as I pray with you on a Wednesday evening or pray with you in an office, as we discuss some of the trials of your life, then I become more aware of your burdens. And as we as a church family serve God together, as we live together, as we go through, uh, as we go through burdens together and difficulties and trials, as we experience God's blessings together, uh, then we as a family draw closer to one another. And we can, as a family, uh, fulfill the command that is given to us in Galatians 6.2. Bear ye one another's burdens. So I just want to give you three thoughts tonight as we think about these burdens. First of all, I want us to look at the load that we bear. The load that we bear. Notice he said, bear ye one another's burdens. This, this word burden. It carries the idea of weight, of heaviness, of heaviness. Now, in the context of chapter 6 and verse 1, he's speaking about restoring a brother who has been overtaken in a fall. And we are to, to seek to restore our brothers and sisters in Christ. As we restore them, there are burdens that they will carry. But not only will they carry burdens, Others will carry them as well. And even if we aren't necessarily overtaken in a fault, although we all have faults that overtake us, this word has the idea of getting out of the way, this bird, this fault overtaking us, pulling us off course, bringing us 
out of the race, so to speak. And we are to restore one another. And as we restore our brothers, there will be burdens that they have. But whether they are being restored or, or whether they are doing the restoration or helping in the restoration, the fact of the matter is we all have burdens to carry. And I believe that's exactly what the apostle is saying here, that we as a church family are to bear one another's burdens, the burdens of our lives, the things that weigh us down. What are those things? Well, there are temptations that we face, particular uh, besetting sins. And as, as the writer of Hebrews said, the weights which doth so easily beset us, and we're to lay those things aside. But they are burdens to us. Uh, some burdens uh, of one individual are, are different and unique than the burdens and the temptations that another individual deals with. And Satan, of course, who is a great student of human nature, uh, he, he studies us. He knows us well. He knows what trips us up, doesn't he? How many of you find yourself getting tripped up on the same thing over and over? Well, you're not alone in that. And so the devil will often, he knows how to trip us up. And uh, so he, he knows how to lay burdens on us. And, and the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13, as we think about those burdens, there's no temptation, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. Though our temptations may be unique in some ways to us or different from one another, they are nonetheless not uncommon. In other words, you're not dealing with something and I'm not dealing with something that no one has ever dealt with. These are common temptations that come to us in the course of our lives. But notice what verse 13 says, But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. I'm glad there's a way to escape, aren't you? That when the burden comes, when the trials come, when the temptations come, the financial pressures, the physical need, the, the, the relationships that seem uh, so hopelessly broken. Uh, the disappointments uh, that we often experience, the heartaches of, that sometimes those that we love the most bring to us, our children. Those difficulties, those pressures, those stresses, God said He cares. And those temptations are not uncommon, but he has made a way to escape that we would be able to bear it. So there's good news about these burdens. God's made a way of escape. Now, in Philippians 4, 6, this is what he tells us. He says, be careful for nothing. In other words, I don't have to be anxious and troubled. Sometimes I choose to be. And sometimes you choose to be. In fact, it seems like sometimes people aren't happy unless they have something to worry about, right? But God in his word says, be careful for nothing. Well, pastor, I've got these burdens. I know you have them. And the Lord knows you have them. 
but he's made a way of escape. And so he says, be careful for nothing. Here's the way of escape. Excuse me. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. When I have troubles, what should I do? I should take them to the Lord. I should take them to God. Now, often what happens to us in the midst of our trouble is we can respond by not taking those to God. We can respond sort of like sullen children who've been reprimanded by their parents or who've been told no, and uh, they just don't want to talk. And oftentimes we're that way, right? Do you know why our children act that way? Because that's a part of their human nature. That's a part of their fallen nature. And that's a part of our fallen nature. It may manifest itself in different ways, but oftentimes people, when, when they are dealing with trouble, when they are dealing with the burdens of life, they will run in the opposite direction. They will withdraw from God they won't bring their requests to him, and they will not fellowship with God's people. They look for separation. By the way, sin separates. Sin separates us from God, and sin separates us from one another. So he says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. I'm glad that I can bring my burdens to the Lord. The Bible says this concerning the Lord Jesus Christ in Hebrews chapter 4. The Bible says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. We're not wavering here. We're not turning back. We're not letting go. We're not giving up on God. We're not forsaking the assembly. Because, the Bible says, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. The Lord Jesus Christ knows everything you're going through. He knows the fears. He knows the concerns of your life, the circumstances, the trials, the pressures. He knows. And the Bible said that he is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin, let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So we have a load. We have trials and burdens that we bear. But the good news is we can bring them to the Lord Jesus. We can bring them to him. Well, the second thing we see, not only the load we bear, but we see the lift that we need. The lift. Picture that one who's burdened down, carrying all these trials and troubles and temptations. You can see it on their face oftentimes, can't you? Can you look at someone sometimes and tell they've got problems, they've got troubles? You can see it on them. What do you do? You try to help them. You try to help them as they're falling underneath the load. That's what he's telling us here. Bear one another's burdens. The Bible tells us that we can cast our burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain us. Well, if the Lord's going to sustain us, then why do we need 
someone else to come alongside and help us because God uses his family. God uses his children to help one another. And as we take on the nature of Christ, as we are conformed more to his image day by day, as we become more like him, as we're filled with his love, as we're filled with his compassion, as we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we're going to help our brothers and sisters in Christ. Paul spoke about an instance in 2 Corinthians chapter number 7 where he was helped by God's people. And part of the reason that Paul, or the writer of Hebrews, tells us that we are to come together and not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, he said we're to consider one another. We are to provoke one another to love and to good works. And so when we worship together, when we serve the Lord together, when we go through life together in the blessings and in the burdens, as we go through life together, we help one another. We help bear one another's burdens. And Paul was helped by the fellowship of the believers, as he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, in verse 5. He says this, For when we were coming to Macedonia, our flesh had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Without were fightings, within were fears. I, I think a lot of us can relate to that verse, right? Troubled on every side. Without their fightings, it seems like one problem after another is rising up. The devil is working to oppose us. Within were fears. Our insecurity, our worries, our concerns, our inabilities oftentimes to trust God as we should, our lack of faith in him. Those things were pressing down on the Apostle Paul. He said, we had no rest. You ever feel that way? You have no rest? Well, how can you rest? You've got these burdens. You've got some. Verse 6, this is what he said in 2 Corinthians 7. Nevertheless, God that comforted those that are cast down, comforted us by the coming of Titus. Isn't it good to know God comforts those who are cast down? You say, Pastor, I'm dealing with some things. I mean, you, you don't realize. I mean, this is really heavy stuff. Well, I want you to know God wants to comfort you. But how does he choose to do it? He says, God that comforted those that are cast down comforted us by the coming of Titus. Titus showed up in Macedonia just when Paul needed him. And what did Titus do? He helped bear the burdens of his brother, of his mentor, the Apostle Paul. Verse 7, he goes on to write this, and not by his coming only, but by the consolation wherewith he was comforted in you. In other words, not only did Titus comfort Paul, but Titus himself was comforted by the people of God, the family of God. You see, this is how it works. It's like a chain reaction. One person comforts another person. The Holy Spirit of God works through the trials and the burdens, bringing people together. They're sharing in experiences. They're lifting up one another. 
They're putting an arm around one another. They're sending a note. They're sending a text. They're sending a card that says, I love you, and I'm praying for you. They're just making a kind gesture at the door to say, hey, I'm praying for you. Is there anything I can do for you? Now, oftentimes, when we're carrying the burdens because of our pride, because we don't want anybody to know we're having a hard time, we, we don't allow those people to help us lift the needs. But God has sent people to lift the needs. You see, you can't live on an island and then complain that nobody came to help you. You have to be a part of the family. And if you're a part of the family and you're engaged with the family, God has people in the family, maybe people that you wouldn't suspect, a relationship uh, that you haven't fully developed within the, in the context and the framework of the church. But there's somebody who's been through what you're going through. There's somebody who cares, somebody who wants to help you, somebody who's praying for you and lifting you up. And Paul said, Titus came to me and he was a comfort to me. But I want you to know there was a group of people who sent Titus to me who were comforting to him. And he said, when he told us of your earnest desire, your mourning, your fervent mind toward me so that I rejoice the more. You see what Titus did? He came and he said, Paul, let me take up the load. And by the way, the people who sent me want me to help take up the load a little bit more. In fact, though they're not physically with me, they're with me together in spirit. And we are together bearing up the burdens. And do you know what happens to us in that moment when somebody says, I'm praying for you, and somebody says, let me bring you a meal, let me do this for you, let me send you a card or a note, or let me just say a kind word. Do you know what that does for us? It reminds us in a physical, visible, tangible way that our high priest in the heavens is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. You see, we do this, this burden-bearing, we help one another. Why? Because the love of Christ constraineth us. That's why we do it. That's why we get interested. That's why we care. That's why we pray. That's why we make a visit or cook a meal to help bear the burdens because Christ has constrained us. And I want you to know that when you do that, God takes note. God takes note. Jesus said in Matthew 25, he said, Then shall the king say, in verse 34, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. So who is he speaking to? He's speaking to the saints of God. He's speaking to the family of God. Those who are blessed of the father. And what does he say, verse 35? For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungry, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison 
and came unto thee. And the king shall answer and say to them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. You see, when we help bear some brother's burden, Jesus takes note of it. He takes note of it. Have you ever done something for somebody that thought, well, I don't know if they appreciated that. By the way, if that's why you do it, you won't do it long. If you're just looking for a pat on the back or uh, some expression of gratitude, uh, you may receive it, but you're not consistently going to receive it. If that's your motivation, it's not going to work. But here's what I want you to know. The Lord sees it all. And the Lord acknowledges it. And the Lord will reward it. So he says to us, bear one another's burdens. By the way, there are those who hurt instead of help. And Paul wrote about them in Romans 14. In verse 4, he said, Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holding up, for God is able to make him stand. You can either help or you can hurt. You can judge. Think about Job's friends, right? They came to him. Job had lost everything he had. His children died. Now he has this loathsome disease, he called it. A hideous disease. His friends have no idea what's taking place in heaven. And they're trying to figure this thing out. They're trying to, 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 to interpret this event in Job's life in the, in the context of the box that they've created for themselves. And so they said, Job, you must have sinned against God. And they argued with him for well over 30 chapters. Job, you, you sinned against God. That's the only reason you're hurting like this. That's the only reason you're suffering. You, you've sinned against God. And Job called them what? He called them miserable comforters. Don't be a miserable comforter. If you don't know what to say, don't say anything. Except I'm praying for you. You can't, God did not give you and I the ability to make sense of every problem that people deal with. We just have to trust God with that. We have to point people to Jesus. People say, well, why am I going through this? Well, we don't really know, do we? But we do know some things, and it's those things that we need to talk about, that God is good, that he's righteous, that God cares. And we need to try to help bear one another's burdens, not to hurt, but to help. And by the way, you can be in on the help and receive a reward. Or as Paul said, yea, he shall be holding up for God is able to make him stand. God will not let you fall. He'll hold you up. Well, we see some thoughts here. The load we bear. The lift we need. And by the way, that ought to be the lift that we supply. Don't just look to get your load lifted. Look to help lift somebody else's. By the way, you can have a load and still be a help. You can have a load and still provide a lift. That's why God put you in the family. But let me give you a third thought. The law we must obey. The law we must obey. Bear ye one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. Obey God's law. Now, Jesus said, Why call ye me Lord, Lord, 
and do not the things which I command. This is a command that he's given to us. In fact, Jesus said this in, uh, in the book of John in the 13th chapter, a new commandment I give unto you. Here's the law of Christ. It's a new commandment. That ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Three times in two verses, what does he say to us? Love one another. We're to love one another. As we love one another, we fulfill the law of Christ. This is the law that we must obey. And it's the law that we must choose to obey. And if we obey this law, then we're going to get involved in helping our brothers who are uh, a part of the family of God, our sisters who are part of the family of God, we are going to, because we love Jesus, we're going to help them lift the load. That's what a church does. So may God help us to bear one another's burden. Thank you for listening. We pray that God has used his word to speak to you today. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit us online at tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. There, you'll find additional information about our church, opportunities to partner with us financially, as well as other resources that we hope can be a help to you. May God bless you, and thank you once again for listening.